0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. NBA Intel has returned episode 16. I'm your host, Kim Boobamani, my co-host, Clement Gibson. And before we dive in, my guy, to the free agency bonanza, got to give a shout out to the Denver Nuggets, bro. They did win the NBA championship. We weren't back on the pod to talk about it. But they backpacked sent the Heat home in five. want to give like a brief recap of that final series before we move on to the new season on this NBA free agency. Clem, you know, in a group chat with me, you, and our, our Jackson State friends, I talked about how I felt like the Nuggets were going to wrap this up in five. And I thought Jokic's ability to just dominate the game at that point and the inability I felt Miami had to guard these guys one-on-one and utilizing the zone that was effective against Boston, I just felt like that wasn't going to work against the Nuggets. Um, you didn't think that you thought it could be a close series how surprised were you that Miami was so overmatched and you were a big nugget believer day one early on the start of the season how did it feel to see your prediction come through and be proven white as the nuggets with the champs
1: man let me open up first by saying I appreciate you for giving me the platform so now we have history where we can go back and listen to and watch, depending on how you do this uh this um podcast, um to look back at these predictions because I'm not gonna say I'm surprised because I feel like every year, like at least one of one of my predictions gonna hit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I had Milwaukee in um in 2019. And I thought they was gonna get there. Or 2020, sorry. I thought they was gonna 2021, damn now I'm Messing all yeah, my stuff yeah. up. 2021, um, last year, um, actually, no, last year was a surprise. I didn't think the Warriors or the Celtics were going to get there. Anyways, I'm not surprised because I feel like every year, at least out of the – I'm, I'm going to go at least to the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. I feel like at least two out of the four teams that I thought was going to get there gets there. I had Milwaukee versus uh, the Nuggets with Milwaukee winning. Obviously didn't happen that way, but Milwaukee ended up winning, or Denver ended up winning. So thank you for letting us be able to go back and view and listen to this. So not surprised there, but um, I was surprised that they did wrap it up a little fast because I thought that there would be more games where Jimmy could just turn it on and go for that forty piece. I thought he alone would be able to get them two games, um, and then there would be maybe a game where. Max Struz and Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry and Bam all combined to just have like one of their best performances. And maybe they take it to like a seven. I said nuggets and six, but I wasn't surprised if it would go seven. Um, the fact that it only went five um, kind of brings me back to the group chat. And I was asking, I was in the chat like, yo, why Y'all noticing Jimmy's not being aggressive. And we talked about his injury and stuff like that. So I think he got worn down over time. Um Honestly, probably should have seen that after what happened with the Knicks series and the ankle. But nevertheless, the Nuggets prevailed. Um, I've been telling y'all about the Nuggets from day one, Mike Malone. I said, well, if Jamal Murray comes back, it's going to be a problem. I know we were worried about Jokic's defensive end, but I was like, look, they got everything, bro. They got the coach. They got the offense. They have enough defense to win. Um, and I just feel like Jokic is in that – point in his career where he has seen everything and he knows how to adjust and adapt to each moment. And Other than Giannis Kumpo, there's nobody else in basketball that I would even think about
0: starting a team with right now. Yeah, man. I always thought well, two years ago, I said Nikola Jokic was a top five player in basketball. Um, you guys laughed at me, and now he's the best player I, in the league. I, I didn't laugh. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't laugh. I clearly didn't laugh. But when I put him, ahead I think of LeBron, I think I had
1: him like six, six. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. I didn't have him five. I think I know. I definitely had him like top seven, but I was still a little bit skeptical.
0: Yeah. Um. I always knew he was a top five talent. Day back to a couple years ago, and now he's the best in the world. Um. Offensively, he's at his apex. And then he has what I like to call that Steph Curry defense where he does enough to affect the yeah. game on the other side of the court to where he's not a negative anymore. He's like a neutral. When say he's a negative. when say he's a positive. He's a neutral. And, um, you know, they got one. And the, the key thing about sports, Clement, you can attest to is when it's, when it's your time to win a championship, get it now, man, don't, yeah. don't wait, be greedy. And, I kind of felt like after the All-Star break, I was like, this is their year. I mean, because the Suns, we're going to talk about the Suns, bro. Like, they got Durant, and I was like, man, they got Durant. And I felt like, I don't know if it's going to happen this year because everything, like, when they had the, uh, Durant, it was in season. Like, they had to learn that shit on the fly. It just, wasn't, it, it just wasn't clicking. And then with the Lakers, they peaked at the right time come playoff time. But I felt like against Denver, that was a tough matchup because I knew they just didn't have the shooting. And everybody was really banking on, OK, AD can probably play Jokic a little bit off the floor offensively because Jokic is a defensive liability. Everybody thought that didn't happen. So perfect storm for them. They got the number one seed. They had home court throughout the whole postseason. And I think that was a big thing, Clem. I'm going to say about it and then we're going to move on. Um, Seeding matters. I know a lot of people were kind of kind of going to say it didn't matter because the Warriors beat the Kings and the Lakers at the seven seed went to the conference finals. And Miami as an eight seed went to the NBA Finals, but the team that I felt like was the most consistent all year was Denver from start to finish, and they won the chip. Yeah. And because they were the best team in the West, they had home court advantage from the first round through the finals, and they had favorable matchups where you you can get the Wolves, you can get a Suns team that I thought was their toughest comp, but you know they always had it their advantage on their home floor, and they only lost on their home floor, Clem, one time. And when you protect home court for the most part and all you have to do is steal one road game, which I think they did in every series, at least got one of them, you're going to win 100% of the time. So kudos to that. Regular season basketball still does matter. So hopefully we get some good competitive regular season basketball in 2023. Now, the Nuggets, bro. Let's talk about them in NBA free agency. They lost two important pieces on their bench. Bruce Brown is a pacer. Jeff Green is a Houston rocket. Both played huge roles, my guy, in their title run. And let's talk about Bruce Brown and his significance of his departure. He got two years, 45 mil with Indy. Now he has a club option in year two. So there's a chance Bruce Brown could possibly, if he plays well, again, um, opt out and cash in on a bigger bag. Um, How surprised were you of his departure? And do you think Denver relying on Christian Braun? Um, probably in a more elevator role, is enough to replace Bruce Brown's productivity now that he's gone?
1: Um, I don't think it'll be necessarily enough, but I think they're going to figure it out because I think Zeke Nagy, uh showed some flashes uh, during last season. To me, one of the bigger losses they had that I think nobody's talking about it is um, Thomas Bryant to Miami. And I think he's really going to thrive Um, in that role, like with the Heat culture, and they needed a backup big too, so I think his motor's going to be great there. Um, He didn't play as much with them, but I felt like Mike Malone, once they, uh, after the trade deadline, I feel like he had his mind made up of who he was going to play with, who he trusted, and he didn't really go outside of that, um, outside of maybe bringing Bron into some of the more rotations, but like I think guys like Reggie Jackson still got a little bit juice in the tank. I think he's going to see more of him this year now that um, they have a whole like they're going to have a whole off season together. Um, like I said, similar to Zeke Najee, I think he's going to continue to step up and take bigger steps in his role. Um, Christian Brown is going to continue to elevate, and then um, the Peyton kid, I think, is going to get some more time too. So
0: yeah, they I like think him they'll a lot. Find, yeah.
1: yeah, I think they'll find guys that that can acquiesce there, and then. Even more, um, we've seen Jamal Murray step up on a, in the finals and Western Conference finals. I mean, honestly, throughout the entire playoffs, he's back to where he was prior to that injury we saw in the bubble. And if you remember last year, he only averaged 20 points a game. I can definitely see him averaging closer to, like, 25 to 28 points. So I think he's going to take on a lot more of that load and play a lot more Um throughout the regular season. And I think MPJ, depending on his back situation, he looked fine throughout the entire playoffs, um, but you just never know with him. But I think their their core guys are going to get more opportunities to play. And the only guy they really lost that was in that rotation during the championship was Bruce Brown. So I think they'll be fine, honestly. And I know people are reacting. We're going to talk about the Lakers and everybody else. But I I just feel like a lot of the moves – have been, like, role players who are probably not going to be playing pivotal moments in these, like, big playoff games that matter. So, for me, it's, like, not too many teams have moved the needle, but that's just little, um little uh, foreshadowing for later.
0: For sure, for sure, indeed. Um, I think with this Nugget squad, they're going to be, in my eyes, like, the first living proof team in this new CBA era that won a championship and the year after winning the championship, they're going to show you how to kind of continue that success with a core followed by a bench full of rookie contract guys and veteran minimum cats. And to be honest, Christian Braun, Zeke Najee, Peyton Watson, um, even the rookie that they got from Gonzaga, Straw, they're like three. I think all of them are rookie contract guys. And so when you lose a guy like Bruce Brown, who's that productive for you, um, you're not gonna have the luxury, especially when you lock up Jokic, Porter, and Murray, you're not mm-hmm. gonna have the luxury anymore under the new CBA to go out and get like a top-notch veteran under the MLE. Like you're gonna have to draft well late in the late in the first, early in the second round, and develop those guys to kind of be your rotational cats in your lineup. Um, I, lo- I think Braun is going to be given the opportunity to kind of excel in the Bruce Brown role. And I remember in the finals game four, he was the zone killer against the Heat, and he played really well. And I think he has Bruce Brown-type tendencies. Um, He's athletic, pretty good off-ball cutter, um, underrated knockdown shooter. Now, the things that he doesn't do well that Bruce Brown excelled in, I don't know if he's great when it comes to like being an on-ball creator for his teammates. Um, And he's not a great on-ball defender either. But I think those are things that he can probably work on and continue to grow within. But I kind of like his chances to excel. They love Peyton Watson, and I've heard a lot about Peyton Watson this past year. He also was in the same draft class as Braun, and he didn't get a lot of time, but they like his versatility as well to kind of be Bruce brown S. He's a six-seven wing that can slash. He's athletic. He's like a Braun-type guy, but a better defender and more dynamic with the Rock, and so – didn't even bring up Zeke Nagy I think Zeke Nagy he's probably going to take the Jeff Green role another small ball forward that could stretch the floor kind of bang inside so Mike Malone the Denver Nuggets brass they've kind of basically said you know what our second unit we're going to rock with the rookie contract guys and resign DeAndre Jordan give Reggie Jackson a two-year 10 million dollar extension to kind of be a full-time backup point guard for them because like you said Clem they got Brian and Jackson at the deadline and they never really got any real minutes. Jackson's going to get real time this year. I mean, when you give yeah. a guy like that that type of money, he's going to be their backup. My only concern with the Nuggets is, and you attest to this, they need a backup center. They don't have one. Um Deandre Jordan is over the hill. And Jokic has been incredibly durable so far throughout his career and you love that. But the way he plays and now that the offense fully runs through him, there is a higher risk now going forward that he can get nicked up. And if he's not on the floor, for a foreseeable amount of time due to an injury Denver could potentially fall off the map as a unit so I know they just signed before we got on Justin Holiday uh to a one-year deal he's a nice shooter he can kind of be that Caldwell Pope for him and so look at this Denver squad they got backup wings for days um they got backup guards for days their perimeter depth is undisputed it's there I just have concerns about the front court that especially at the center but they have their core. I like their five. Their five is always going to be a shoe in for 45 to 50 wins. But um, when you lose a guy like Bruce Brown, when you lose a guy like Jeff Green, you know, you, you got to replace those guys. And I think they will. My concern is, and it's the same as you, backup center and health. But I, I'll say this, though, and we're going to kind of talk about it. I still think Denver is a top four team in the West. I'm oh. not fully sold on them being – Two time defending champs. Like I just oh. I, I don't really see that. And this is before free agency even started because nothing against Denver. They did what they were supposed to do. Like this run for them, I'm not gonna say it was a fluke, but it was a great oh. uh it, it fell to them perfectly, you know, got the one seed, played against comp with home court advantage. They took advantage of their matchups, they were all impressive victories, but Porter Jr. didn't play particularly well. Um when it comes to scoring. Jamal Murray was unbelievable in the playoffs, which he's known historically to be a very unbelievable playoff performer, but he had a couple of series where I'm like, wow, like that Lakers series, he couldn't miss. (laughs) And I know Jokic is going to come with it all the time, but it's... I don't know about Denver because I feel like the Lakers got better, the Suns got better, Memphis got better a little bit, and so it's going to be a little bit tougher. But before we segue into that, man, your final thoughts on Denver, man, with their moves. Are you sold that they are still the favorites in the West?
1: I am 100 um, percent. Just because, for one, I think a sneaky thing I saw in this series. Um, or not even this series, but this past playoffs, or these past playoffs that I, I think that part of the reason why they haven't been too thirsty to get a backup center is because I think in some of their lineups where they had Porter at the four and they even had um, Gordon playing some five at times, I think those uh, lineups can work well. Like I've always, he obviously, we know, Porter's 6'10", um, but he plays on a perimeter, but he's 6'10". So it's like when yeah, he's inside, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't necessarily played strong, but I, see, I saw some games where he was like, Playing strong defense and rotating well, and um, okay, he can play the four. Like okay, he, he he can get some offensive rebounds on there. He's been a pretty good offensive rebounding guard, but he's been playing closer to the basket, even though he does take some ill advised shots. Um, so I think that they should try to get Mobama. Mo I think if they can get Mobama, Mo that'd be great. Uh, I don't know if they can get him on the salary that they would probably like to get him on, but he doesn't really have a market right now from uh, what I've been seeing and hearing. So if that's a fine they can get, um, I think it'd be great. Now, is he going to get along with Michael Malone? Because Michael Malone has been known to not like the lackluster, lazy guys, and that's kind of been the um, the uh, reputation that follows um, Mo Bamba. Obviously, he's 6'11", foot. Huge wingspan, block shots, can shoot threes, but his motor has always been in question. Um, His heart, his desire, and attitude a bit, too, and that's something that, you know, Bobo and Michael Malone got uh, butted heads with a lot and uh, even Bones Highlands and Michael Malone. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that, but I still believe that if they don't, I think the little minutes that DeAndre Jordan will be able to fill, um, maybe playing 10 to 12 minutes a game here and there, spotty, um, and then you can replace the rest of those times with Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. because they're bigger than virtually, I don't know, probably like 80% of the league at 6'10 and 6'9 and 250 or so. But I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you brought up a great point. Um, Aaron Gordon was their small ball five when Jokic was not on the floor. Um, I think that might be something that they lean towards in the, really this upcoming season, where it's like Jokic is our center. And when he's not on the floor, Uh, We're going to try A.G. at the five and even Zeke Najee at the five, depending on some matchups. So can't wait to see what the Nuggets do there. Up next, man, the Phoenix Suns, you know, Mm -hmm. since we've been back on, they got Bradley Beal um, Mm -hmm. for chips. Mm -hmm. So they got Bradley Beal, (laughs) didn't have to give up DeAndre Ayton. They traded away Chris Paul and uh, Landry Shamit to the Wizards, for along with some second round picks for Bradley Beal. And when the deal happened, Clem, the issue that a lot of people had was, okay, cool, got Beal, Booker, Durant, DeAndre. Where's the depth? Like, where's the bench? And we all assumed, okay, they obviously have to trade DeAndre Aiden away to get some type of depth pieces coming back. And they tried. Aiden didn't have a market. And so what the Suns have done in the first three days of free agency is they filled out the rest of their roster with vet. Minimum guys and rookie contract players. They just recently signed Eric Gordon, along with guys like Yuta Watanabe, Joshua Kogi, Keita Bates-Diop, Drew Eubanks, Chesmi Chesmi Metu, and Damian Lee. I kind of like these moves, Clem. I do. I like them a lot um, because the big question is, with Frank Vogel as your new coach, you have all this firepower. Where's the defensive personnel going to factor in? And they rebuilt their front court by getting more younger and versatile. Added a ton of shooters on the wing. They currently have one roster spot remaining. Man, I, I'm not gonna tell you how high I am on the Suns, but I want to <laughs> ask you, my brother. These moves that they've made, do you like the current roster today and what it can be projected to be out west this season?
1: Uh, I mean, they, they are. High. I, right. <laughs> you know, I I thought their biggest concern was a point guard, right? Um, and they they didn't even bop a eye to get one during the free agency. I mean, I guess Eric Eric Gordon can play your two. Uh, Book is a two. Beal is a two. A is a two. Uh, Damian Lee's like a two three. Like, I don't know if they're just like, oh, campaign is gonna handle the backup point guard minutes because I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna start book at the one and play Beal at the two and um
0: the ran at the three
1: K D at the three yeah. and then no. not sure what they're doing with the four if they're going to Craig or if they're um if they're gonna I don't know. That's how I, I, I think there were things that they should have addressed that they didn't necessarily address. Um and to me it's really gonna just come down to Brad Beal. I brought it up in the chat the other day not about his play, but about who he resembled. And I was Ray Allen. And I keep coming back to like, dang, like everybody, not let me say everybody, real hoop heads know Ray Allen before he was just like this sharpshooter in Miami or Boston. Ray Allen back in the day, like his game, it was better than, than Beal. But like what Beal was doing in Washington, like his ability to score at three levels he was dunking on cats, you know, all of that stuff too, like his handle. Ray Allen was doing a lot of that too. And when he got, when he went from uh Milwaukee to Seattle, um, he started shooting more, uh, becoming more so like a three-point threat, but he was still like pretty athletic. And then when he got to Boston, a sleeper thing, and, and this is why I love, like, one thing I love about Instagram is just, like, it, it brings back some of, like, the throwback hoops and stuff. So I've been seeing some of, like, the old finals from, like, 2010, 2008. Um, and, like, just him defending, like, Kobe and the um, even LeBron in some sense. Like, he really came in and was like, I'm going to be the third guy, all right, because KG has had a historically better career than me. This is Paul Pierce's organization and team. I'm going to let them rock. I'm going to fit in where I need to and i think that's something that like a lot of guys don't talk about when they're assembling these like big 3s like who's going to be the third guy and do they have an ego that they're willing to put aside for the other two guys to thrive chris bosch did it and it worked successfully um kevin love did it it worked successfully um and then ray allen did it and it worked successfully Shoot, clay thompson did it and, or draymond depending on who you thought was the third or fourth best player on that team and it works successfully, but I think he can be that guy. I think he can come in. He's not a bad defensive player. He's, he's like six, four, six, five, but he has long arms. And he, he can be athletic and, and play defense. I just don't think he was choosing to in Washington because his role was to carry offensively, but now they got book and KD. I think he can come in and be that third guy. So honestly, I think that's way more impactful than the guys they they've gotten through free agency, because again, when the chips are on the line, you're only going to have one more of those guys because we you know Book's going to be in, you know Aiden's going to be in, you know Katie's going to be there, you know uh, Bill's going to be there. Who's going to be the other guy? Now, Utah Abenabe, I think that he's he knocked down some shots and, and, and proved to be a good shooter last year. But I just don't know if that's somebody you're going to trust in a big moment to be on the court for those four. I think Aaron, Eric Gordon is going to fill a lot of those minutes. But I also think it's just gonna come down to Brad Beal. Like, is he gonna wanna be that third option? And it was a great start with that press conference. He came and he said this is Bookstown, you know. Like that was that's music to my ears. That's I, I think they're gonna go to the conference finals. I think they'll fall short to the Nuggets. But mm. we'll see. I think they're in a better place now than they were last year. So um kudos to them.
0: Yeah, man. Uh I'll go a step farther, man. I think I'm going to say it right now, bro. Oh,
1: man. I'm going to say it right now.
0: It might be hyperbole. I don't care. All right? My, co- my concern was depth. The depth has been answered. This is an NBA Finals team right here, bro. Like, I really believe it. Because my concern was not... You brought up Brad Beal. That's a great point to make. I don't think the Brad Beal situation concerns me as much. Because like you said, at the press conference, he had the right energy. And I know as an offensive player, him, Book, Durant, they don't need the ball to impact the game. They play pretty well off the ball. They've played well off the ball throughout their careers. I think a lot of people forget about Brad coming in to the Wizards when he came in as a rookie was John Wall's team. And he, Mm -hmm. early on in his career, was a guy that would come off screens and get ball. Mm -hmm. He was a spot-up guy. He developed into more of an on-ball creator. And so as the third offensive option, he's going to be spotting up a lot more as Booker kind of handles the load as a point guard. And I think he's going to go back to his younger DC roots and thrive. Um, The issue with the Suns, And I think this is an issue. A lot of teams out West are trying to like prepare for. You got to have bodies to bang with Jokic. And they just didn't have them last playoffs. They just didn't. Aiden got played off the floor and Jacques Landa had to put up a valiant effort, but that was it. Like, Biombo was too old. And after Biombo, they didn't have like a fourth guy. So you go out and get Drew Eubanks and you go out and get K to Base Diop. I think those are upgrades over Biombo and Laundale. They just are. Um, I know a lot of people didn't watch the Spurs and the Blazers because they sucked last year, but I've seen bates Diop and I've seen Eubanks and they're pretty good at the roles. Um, they go out and get a ton of shooters. Watanabe, Durant's guy in, in Brooklyn, knockdown guy. Um, Damian Lee, Steph's brother-in-law I liked him a lot last year He stopped getting run But he shot the ball particularly well They brought back Josh Akogi I'm not a big Josh Akogi fan Because he can't shoot But he's a pretty good on-ball defender And he can move it out of the basketball They have one roster spot remaining And if they're able to get Tory Craig back Which is talks, maybe they can do that I like the roster even more Now, my only concern is And you brought it up You don't have a point guard And it annoyed me not gonna lie, because Booker did improve as a playmaker, but Devin Booker's a shooting guard, so I don't know if I want him to like be the primary ball slash playmaker on this team because I think his offensive productivity is at his best when he's an efficient scorer. But mm-hmm. it looks like off of what I've read and kind of how Frank Vogel talked about what he wants from Beal and Booker, they're gonna exchange duties as playmakers. Um, but he also talked about how. He would like to have a secondary ball handler on the floor to kind of allow his scores to score. He brought up campaign as being that guy. He's a big campaign fan. I'm not really a big campaign fan anymore. You know, I don't. <laughs> I'm really not. Now, <laughs> the guy that they got from the Wizards that nobody's talking about, I like Jordan Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin remind me a little bit of a poor man's Bruce Brown. So, I personally think he's better than campaign. So, I'm curious to see for the Suns this year. If at the deadline, because Aiden's still going to be on the roster, the Aiden stuff isn't working. If they can flip Aiden for a Tyus Jones and then he's your point guard, and now that allows Booker and Beal to kind of be more natural scorers in the Florida offense, that's a better offensive upgrade and fit for that team. Because I think they stockpiled on Biggs, Clem, knowing this Aiden stuff may not work by the deadline, and we need to protect ourselves just in case it doesn't. But Vogel likes DeAndre Ayton. So it's one of those things where with the Suns, the question was depth. I think the depth has been solidified. I like the shooting. I like the versatility in the front court. I like the defensive upside. But you said it comes down to Bill. I'm going to go a step further. Devin Booker's going to have to be the best player on this team on both ends for them to win the championship. He just is, you know, I made my top 20, put it on Instagram. I think Devin Booker is a top 10 player in the game today. I don't think that's breaking news or a hot take. And yeah. he showed me a little something this past playoffs against the nuggets or he was unbelievable efficiency wise. But he also got into, you know, the opposition on the defensive side as well. He's going to have to take it upon himself and be like his idol, be like Kobe, where he's like, look, I'm going to be the best offensive and defensive player for my team every night. I'm going to be one of the best two way players in the week for us to be successful. If he's able to do that, they can win a chip. Cause I think Durant's going to have to take a step back. Cause he's older. I think Bill's going to naturally take a step back because it's not his team and he's going to be a third option. And so Booker, if he can level up as a playmaker, which he showed flashes of doing so this postseason, maintain that offensive efficiency and dig down and be one of the top five to ten two way players in the game, they're gonna win a championship. But right now, currently constructed, I got him winning the West, bro. Like I do. Like I, <laughs> I, I you got him in the West final, so that's not bad. You say you yeah, think it's them yeah. in the Nuggets. So that's not yeah. bad. I think that we can agree they got better from last year. They did. You yeah. Yeah. replace Chris Paul with Bradley Beal and then add younger depth to your team. Because that was the big issue. actually. They ain't got no bench. And to be honest, they had a bench, kind of, but they were old. And there were a lot of useless parts that weren't really reliable when it mattered. They got depth now. Young, youthfulness, versatility. And so this is a squad, man, with Vogel. Well, I don't think Vogel's a bad coach. I think Vogel is like the defensive yeah. version of Monty Williams. So, it's the same guy um, kind of just defensive mind. They're a legit team. And I think the only way they don't win the West is if they get hurt. Like, like that's it. And and that's a big thing because Durant gets yeah. injured. Beal gets <laughs> injured. <laughs> Booker gets injured. So that's, and Booker Book pull his hand every year. Right, every year. So, that's, so that's real. But that's it, because I, I just don't see Denver. Jokic is a monster, but now they have bodies to at least withstand Jokic's productivity to where if Aiden is like a non-factor, you can put in a Drew Eubanks and not really fall off a cliff. And they didn't really fall off a cliff when Lawndale was banging. Like, he provided some type of productivity. Um, But the big kicker is Beal, bro. Like, instead of Chris Paul spotting up his old self, Bradley Beal is spotting up. And he can yeah. put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. Like, man, I, they're at worst the second-best team in the West. To me, they're the best right now in terms of how their roster is constructed. And I think they're the team to beat. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you made some really good points, bro. I, I love the the Aiton trade at the deadline point because when you think back to it, a lot of people were talking about Chris Paul getting traded for virtually – I mean, feel but like – we all felt like the Wizards lost that trade by uh, a landslide. We know yeah. that there was the no trade clause, but um, I think Bradley Beal's agent and the um, one of the the part owners
0: of the yeah, Suns part of the are, related.
1: They're, they're related. Yeah, I think it's his dad. So you think about it. It's like hypothetically speaking, um, you know, he goes to his father. He's like, look, you know, you scratch my back this time, I'm gonna scratch your back next time right? We can't move. I don't even know if they could have traded Aiton yet all right. because they just signed him. So he's like, hey, we're going to give Aiton one last try. Fogel has a scheme that he thinks is going to work. He needs a defensive anchor in the middle. Let's give it a go for half the season. If it doesn't work out, we're going to come back. And that Titus Jones guy you got, all right, or even Moxie Morris, both, Yeah. both got, wait, did, did, didn't he well, get traded?
0: Well, well Monte Morris, he got traded to Detroit. I don't yeah, think yeah, he's yeah, staying okay, there long, okay. But yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember. Okay. So yeah, you go and say, hey, let, let Jordan Poole cook so y'all can get to the you know top five pick. Um <laughs> let us get that Tyus Jones kid. And that's who I thought they would like go for. Like a guy who's good at being in the background. Monty Morris, Tyus Jones. Um, even a Kyle Lowry, I feel like just good game managers who don't like need much to like affect the game offensively and defensively, even though Monty Morris and Tyus aren't great defenders. But the problem is for me, Shamezi Metsu in the 6'9, bro. 6'9. And he he was he was in the king's rotation and then was out. So it's like if if you like, I I know they've elevated, but even two years ago, I believe he was like a a big part of like he was playing good minutes for them, and then like over the course of the uh two years ago, and then this past year, his minutes had just been dwindling. And for me, I'm always a little skeptical when I see guys not get minutes on. They weren't a bad team this past year, but the year before they yeah, weren't right, year that before, good. Correct. Yeah. So it like, if you're not getting minutes on a team that's like mediocre or bad it, I, I question how effective you can be on a not even a good team but a team that's competing to win the championship like he's not going to the Lakers who was in a play in you know last year and barely and didn't even make the play in the year before um, he's not going to the, the Pelicans or the Wolves or the Clippers he's going to like it's win now because with the new CBA they might not even be able to keep that nucleus together past, you know, next year. So, Correct. I question that. And then, too, with the Eubanks, he's only like 6'9", and he's a great energy guy. He actually reminds me a lot of Jack Flondale. Can't yeah. stretch the floor as much, but is he a... Like, rebound, uh, crash
0: the glass. High, yeah,
1: yeah high-motor guy. He was really good for Portland. I think he should have been starting down the stretch over Nurkic, but every time he comes in the game, he I feel like I feel his presence, but once again, he doesn't have any experience in like going from being this Nurkic's backup to not having much, you know, pressure to win or anything. To being, hey, you gotta go stop Jokic. Stop, DeAndre Ayton can't even stop Jokic. Couldn't do stop it. That's it. yeah, a stop. Yeah, I mean, Bam Adebayo couldn't stop it. Stop Anthony Davis right. couldn't stop it. Nobody right. could stop it. Nobody. So that's <laughs> yeah. that, and that's why I have. That's what, to me. Ultimately, comes down to like. When the game's on the line, so it's fourth quarter, eight minutes left, and it's a close game, which guy is gonna be able to lead his team the furthest? And for me right now, I really don't care who's on the Suns unless like unless Giannis or somebody better or equal to Jokic gets there. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> think that it's going to happen. That's why I have him second because I think their offensive power is gonna be so great. But then yeah. so even if they get Titus Jones, it's like if Book is your is your the, the best defender on your team, like how great is your team at defense? And like, you know Book's my guy, but I guess yeah, he's yeah. Yeah. like he's not athletic enough to like stop the best perimeter guys and All then right. go on the other end and give those guys 30, 40 points. You know, like as much as I want to see him thrive and be the next Bean, like I think the reason why Bean and Jordan those type of guys are like one of a kind because it's hard to get somebody forty and then go lock them up on the other end. Like it, it is, you just don't see that. But I got to second. I really want to see what Bill does. Um, and I think they'll get to the Western Conference Finals. It's going to come down to if they can find a scheme to stop Jokic. Is Aiden going to be there? Are they going to have a Tyus Jones? You know, we'll see what happens. And if KD's going to stay, you know, healthy, stay healthy.
0: Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, all all big points. I, I think if Aiden works, I don't expect Metsu to play as much. Like, I think their two-man rotation in the front court at center would just be Aiden and Eubanks. But, you know, Vogel was really high on Aiden, and so maybe in his mind, he's like, man, Aiden could kind of be what Roy Hibber was for the Pacers back yeah, in the day. Like it. Um, It's not as big as Roy Hibber, but that's great because that means he's mobile, you know what I'm saying, rim protector, and he's got a higher offensive ceiling. So... Um, look, man, I like what this team could be. The offensive firepower is insane, and now I think they just have the versatility and the youth to work with. But um, it all hinges on health for me. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you said, Jokic is a monster. Can't stop that man. But if you could slow him down, and sometimes <laughs> that may just mean yo yeah. handle him for about five to ten minutes, and on the other side, make him work. You know, make him have to guard in space. You got a shot, but I like what the Suns are building. Can't wait to see them hoop this fall. The Lake show and the Grizzlies club. Both teams played each other in the first round. Lakers got the upset 1-6. and They're both running it back. For the most part. Um, They both lost I'd say key guys in the rotation. Lakers lost Dennis Schroeder. He went to Toronto. He got replaced by Gabe Vincent. Um, Grizzlies lose Dylan Brooks. He got the bag four years 80 mil with the Houston Rockets he's replaced by Marcus Smart um which of those additions do you feel Clem will affect the team in a positive light Gabe to the Lakers arguably replacing Dennis Schroeder or maybe D'Lo in the starting lineup or Marcus Smart being Memphis's new emotional leader and on-court defensive pass over Dylan Brooks
1: yeah, I definitely think it's gonna be Marcus Smart just because I think we're putting a little bit too much on Gabe. Um, I mean, you still got Austin Reeves, you still got D'Angelo Russell, they're gonna take up a lot of the ball handling duties. And then you still got LeBron James who's gonna be who is a forward but plays a lot of he's like a point forward guard. Yeah. And, right. So um when you think about where he fits in, I think he's gonna be more of like a three and D guy, a guy who comes in just Spread helps to spread the floor, um, and helps like pick up the guy full court and tires them out. So, um, I don't think he's gonna really move the needle. And then even if you think about in crunch time, like, is he gonna be a guy that's out on the floor with them? I think that's debatable because I can see them depending on the night. If D-Low D- has it, they'll probably keep D-Low in. If um, if Gabe Vincent is having a good night, they'll keep him in. But I think he's gonna be in a more limited role than he was in Miami, where You know they really didn't have a a confident, willing offensive scorer who would like put the ball up at any time. Like outside of Jimmy, and then obviously Jimmy got hurt, so he was kind of like deferring a little more. So I think we got to see him in his best element in Miami. So it'll be interesting. And you know, bro, dudes put on that purple and gold. Things (laughs) change. Somebody said this. Yeah, yeah. The LA lights are bright, bro. You know, every time. Same thing, like where, where was we talking about Lonnie Walker when he was in uh in uh Sa- um, San Antonio San Antonio? Nobody, was talking, about yeah. Lonnie Walker, Nobody was talking
0: about Lonnie, yeah.
1: He gets to uh LA. Oh. Everybody, oh, why he in the starting lineup? Or when he has a good game, oh yeah, Lonnie Walker's next up. Ooh, like, bro, that you're gonna get criticized game by game, shot by shot, you know? And that's not for everybody. I think he will be fine because I just think his mentality coming from Miami's Miami, gonna be, yeah, uh, like he, he'll 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 not like he won't fall into the media criticism, but I do think that his role is going to be limited, so he's not going to get as many opportunities to shine because he in the finals he could take six threes in a quarter and yeah. just uh, keep going. Like LeBron on the Lakers, yeah. LeBron no. looking like what are to- you doing? <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I think Marcus Smart is going to make a, a bigger difference just because. Um, I think his ability to guard shooting guards, um putting him next to Bane, who isn't like a big guard size wise, or like but he can, you know, he can guard, he can guard shooting guards and Marcus Market has shown that he can guard small forwards and even power forwards sometimes. Um yeah. so I think he gives him a lot of defensive versatility that I can fill in what Dylan Brooks is leaving behind. Um I think it'll just really come down to Ja and him down the stretch because Smart yeah. is a confident guy. very <laughs> like,
0: confident, a rational he confident.
1: He's going to put it up. He's going to put
0: it yeah. up. He's going to put so it up.
1: I, I wonder if he's going to come in kind of like – I hope he doesn't come in like trying to sun him. Like, yo, yeah. I'm coming from like like not really a dynasty, but like I done played 100 playoff games. You know, I've been I've been. I come from I organizational young royalty. Young yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? What, what's come out of Memphis? I'm Levy Burden, you know what I'm saying? Uh uh built, built where I was, you know what I'm saying? Red R right. you know, I hope he doesn't come in a little too macho, like trying to put dudes in their place and they kind of like, bro, like like we're better than you know. <laughs> like <We're better. laughs> I get where you're coming <laughs> from. Like, right. Josh's better than you, Jaren's better than you,
0: and Bane's Bane's better
1: than you. you. Yeah. Like you gotta just kind of fall into place and be that leader and understand, like. I'm here to help lead y'all and play defense, not I'm here to lead y'all to a championship. So hopefully he comes in, but I think he's going to play a big part there, especially with Jai being now. And Derrick Rose coming in. I think he may not be, like, where he used to be, obviously, but right. I think just him being in the locker room, I think he's, like, he got that, like, hood dude turn, like, family guy, you know, so it's like they respect him, like, oh yeah, you know, T Rose, you know, he he from South Side Chicago. Like I don't, you know, when he talks, we're gonna listen, but he's also like a dad, a husband, blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, and has respect in the league as a former MVP. I think Josh's gonna, you know, relate to and have a lot of respect for him. So I think that'll help him out, but you know, I me, mean, I haven't been high on the Grizzlies. Yeah,
0: ever. you haven't. Ever.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I initially wanted to put them back outside of the top five in the West, but
0: right.
1: they proved me wrong the last couple of years. Now I will say they keep losing pieces every year. Tyus Jones is going down. I mean, Steven Adams is only 29, but like he's been banged up a little bit. Yeah. Clark's going to be out pretty much all next year. he would probably be back for the finals. Maybe if then, um, Jaron Jackson's good for an injury every year. So, yeah, we don't know this case with him, so I don't know. I feel like they're slowly losing their depth and gonna have to replace with more inexperienced players. And they're paying these, you know, guys who are like once again they're great. I'm not even gonna say great. They're good, but outside of the job like who's really, like who's really can you like compare to the other duos in the West? Like you got Jokic and, and Murray. You got uh-huh. AD and LeBron. You got KD book and be will throw that in. Kawhi and PG if they're ever gonna get healthy. Steph is still there. Um I mean we'll see man. We'll see. But I'm going with Memphis as far as these two teams.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um you know, I'm gonna touch base on Gabe. I think Gabe has a great chance to probably start because I think what I've heard, what I've read is that they want Austin Reeves to be the primary ball handler for this basketball team going forward or at least have more of a primary ball handling uh, task. And I think for that to happen, Gabe fits better than D'Lo because he could spot up. More reliable, more willing to spot up from beyond and let Austin kind of be that slasher and facilitator on the perimeter. D'Lo, I think at this point in his career, probably may fit best as the sixth man, as a guy running the second unit. So in that retrospect, I expect Gabe to probably start throughout the year In comparison to Marcus Smart, where we know Marcus Smart for the first 25 games, he's going to start. Ja's going to be suspended. Now, as Ja works his way back, I expect Smart to come off the bench. But when it's crunch time, they're going to play their small guard lineup with Morant, Smart, and Bane on the floor together. And that could be good. That could be bad. And we express why. But smart, I think, is huge. Because I look at it as, you got a better Dylan Brooks. All right? He's been there. He's done that. He's a vocal leader. He's an emotional guy. He's a winner. And I like the energy and the tone from... Can't really speak for Ja, because then he says one thing and it does another. So we're just going to put him to the side. <laughs> but I like, I like the energy and tone from Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain. They've admitted... Look, man, we got humbled last year. We're hungry. We were embarrassed. We hated that we were not playing basketball in the months of May and June. So we want to get at it. And you had really the concern, and it's a valid one. Um, Smart coming in, will he overruffle some feathers? I don't think he will because I think Jackson Bain will respond very well to the message he's going to try to inseminate. And I think he can be the general and Adam, Stephen Adams, instead of having to be the general, he can be the bodyguard because I think Stephen Adams, he tried to do the leadership thing. Nobody listened. They're going to listen to smart because smart is going to be like, look, I did this before. Um, I've been to a finals. I know what it takes. I've been with some pros. I've been with some professionals. I've been through the wars. We got this. And I think this team needs that because. Ja isn't there yet as a leader. Uh, I don't think Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson are leaders yet either. And I think what a lot of people forget, Clem, this is probably the fourth, this is the top five youngest team in the league, bro. Like Bain's 25, Jaren and Ja are 23. Their three best players are under 26 years old. They've had a lot of success recently the past few years, but they're a very young team and they haven't had a lot of war wounds yet to kind of get the picture. So, um, and their coach, who I think is... Pretty good at X's and O's, a pretty solid developer. He's not a vocal rah-rah guy either. So Smart can now be a vessel through the coach. So whatever the coach is trying to put out message-wise, Smart can relate that to the team, and the team will respond. Now, on the floor, the defensive versatility there. He's a better shooter than Dylan. He could kind of run the point sometimes, but the downside with Smart is he's erratic as heck, and you can get the good and the bad. Like you say, he's going to throw <laughs> it up. He's going to put it up. If he's open, he's going to put it up. If he's contested and is late in the shot clock, he's going to put it up. But when it comes to the Lakers and the group, he's both running it back. Right now, I like the Lakers roster more because they added shooting. Um, this was not a very good shooting team last year. And I think it finally caught up to them against the Nuggets. Didn't really catch up to them against the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the playoffs. And then when they played Golden State, Clem, it was just Steph Curry. That's it. Like, he was the most reliable shooter out there. He had an off series. And Clay and Poole gave you literally nothing. Draymond would never look at the rim. So, yeah, they just defense their way. Big boy their way to the conference finals. But then Denver, everybody was hitting shots, bro. Like, Jamal was hitting his. Jokic was taking one lead, Sambo shuffle, fadeaway threes. Aaron <laughs> Gordon would hit three daggers. I'm like, they couldn't miss. And that finally caught up to the Lakers. Them replacing Troy Brown with Torian Prince is a W. That's a W because Troy Brown yeah. was a brick squad. He was a brick maker. Now you got <laughs> Prince as a backup to Rui Hachimura. He could come in as a stretch floor, and you don't miss a beat. And that works well with a Reeves. That works well with a LeBron who like to drive and kick. Um, They got Jackson Hayes. I was always a big Jackson Hayes fan. He was a lottery pick for the Pelicans. He never developed. He was kind of goofy on and off the floor. And now he has a chance with the Lakers where he's kind of that rim-protecting, athletic big that they've been looking for where he'll be a backup. But there's going to be some some lineups, Glenn, where him and AD are going to play on the floor together. And that allows AD to play the four, which is what he always wants to do. And they, they kept Rui. Rui is my guy. That was my guy from D.C. Balled out for the Lakers this past year. They kept him under 60 mil. I think he hasn't reached his potential yet as a player. I think he has another level he can reach. So they added shooting, kept their starting fire from the past playoffs. And then added a backup center upgrade in Jackson Hayes. I like the Lakers roster right now over the Grizzlies. I do think L.A. and Memphis are all they're both top four teams in the West. My only concern with Memphis is, okay, you get smart. It's going to help in the locker room. That's going to help both ends. You get Derrick Rose. It's going to help in the locker room. And that's going to give you some depth. I think what Memphis is leaning on, Clem, and I'm going to ask you, do you think it's a wise decision? They basically say, you know what? Injuries and immaturity hurt us last year. So we're going to extend Desmond Bain. We already locked up Jaron Jackson. And John Moran keeps kicking himself in the foot, so we don't have to pay him a max extension. So we have our <laughs> core locked up. And the problem was Stephen Adams was out all year. Well, not out all year, but when it was 2023, he wasn't available because he had this, the injury to his knee. Um, Brandon Clark popped his Achilles. I've heard Brandon Clark is ahead of schedule. So he'll probably be back, wouldn't be surprised, after Christmas. Steven Adams, they said he might be ready for the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's jumping in the pool and everything, bro, working out. It's crazy. I mean, hey, it's different out here. That's pretty so, fast. That's pretty <laughs> fast. So mm-hmm. he might he might be back before after Christmas. I, it seems a little sketchy, but, you know, Steven yeah. Adams, Steven Adams, he's going to be back at the start. But my issue is they don't have enough shooting. Um, and it seems like right now they're leaning on David Roddy, Zaire Williams, and Jake LaRavia. All of these are rookie contract guys to step up, one of them at least, maybe two, and be your starting wing, backup wing in the West. That's a tall ass. Now, they did a sign and trade with Dylan Brooks, so it looks like they'll have a trade exception that they can use to maybe get a veteran wing. And I've heard Dorian Finney Smith. If they could get Dorian Finney-Smith to be their starting wing, I feel a little bit better about them. But saying that to say, I'm going to put the question on you, you get Rose, you get smart, you're adding veteran leadership. You're investing even more in your core, banking on health to kind of be on your side this time around. Is that a reliable formula to win out West this season? No, it's not.
1: Um one, you talk about the shooting. I think that's something that they struggle with, especially against good defensive teams like the Lakers, who would just pack the paint over and over and over again. And, I mean, they just didn't have any answer to that because Ja wasn't making shots. Dylan Brooks was making shots. And Smart's going to do the same thing. And I keep coming back to this because I feel like Smart is – he's a culture elevator, not a culture builder like if you have a culture in place he can be a guy who comes in and continues to keep guys on that baseline like come on guys let's pick it up let's pick it up let's you know call people out when they need to be called out. but if you have no culture which Memphis kind of doesn't like they were kind of like the young like let's get it like we don't you know we young we outside you know we gonna have fun it's our guys but then obviously with everything that's happened in the last year and a half like that's gone. Like, that thought of, like, the young team that has no structure, no backbone, like, nobody's going to tell them what to do. Jaws off the rails, flipping guns, um, you know, whatever. So now with – I just feel like (laughs) Marcus Smart is going to come in and try to demo the locker room. And you remember, like, he didn't even get along with Jalen Brown a lot of times when they were – like, coming up, and them dudes like, the same age, even with Jackson Tatum, like, they used to butt heads all the time, like, he would always try to, he would, all these dudes don't pass the ball enough, he'd be calling them out in press conferences, which was good because, like, they, they, Brad Stevens and the Celtics and Danny Ainge, they already had a culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, they had built something already, like, and they continued to build, you know? But I feel like with Memphis, he's gonna come in, like, y'all ain't did nothing yet, and I, I feel like maybe, Jaren Jackson didn't respond to it correctly. But I on in the back of my head, I feel like banging on you like, bro, get off my back. Like, bro, no. <laughs> I get buckets. Like, you're not good enough to be talking to me crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you were if you were like uh if Ja did that, if Ja was a guy, like he was erratic, like smart, they would answer to it because he's Ja Marin. Even if J- Jaren Jackson or Bane, if one of your core guys does it, it's different. But Smart isn't a core guy. anymore. Like, he was a core guy in, in in Boston, but now he's not. So I just feel like over time, I think he's going to wear them down. And you'll hear the stories be like, yeah, well, Marcus Smart held a team meeting. He let everybody know how he felt. And, you know, guys weren't that receptive to it. And, you know, um, there's a little animosity in the locker room. And, you know, Marcus Smart going to go to the press conference and be like, you know, I, I've i been in the finals and the conference finals. I played so many playoff games, I'm trying to get them there. They don't want to listen. They they're too young. They don't get it. I could just see it unfolding. Hopefully not. But even even if things go perfectly with them, I just don't think they have enough to compete in the West. I I'm a I'm a I'm them in at the fifth seed. I think wow. it's between them, the Warriors and the Lakers, on who's gonna be that four, five, six. But I think to me, going into the year, Denver. Um uh Phoenix and Sacramento, I think, are like the top three. And then you got the three Lakers, Grizzlies, Warriors, and I think it's the Pales and, and uh Clippers and, and the rest of uh, Minnesota to see where they at. But we're we gonna talk about the Pales next.
0: We will, we will, so. man. Sacramento, that's intriguing. They're they're another team, man. They're just running back their core. Um intrigued to see where that goes. But on the smart bit before we move on, hey man, it's valid because Things are gonna get spooky, bro. Like, look, John's not gonna oh, here's the key, bro. Marcus Smart <laughs> and Jab Morant. That that's what it really comes down to. Because yeah. I I think Steve O, Jaron, Bain, they're gonna respond to Smart fine. Because I like they did not appreciate getting sent home as a two seed in the first round. So Smart's gonna come in and he's gonna be on that timing that you said, bro. Like he is. He's gonna be like, Y'all ain't done nothing. Y'all ain't there yet. Y'all think y'all like that. Y'all not. Y'all need to come with it every night because nobody gonna give it to you. If y'all really, if y'all won't be the bad boy Pistons, y'all gotta play like that every single mm. night. Not just when it's good. Y'all gotta get yeah. it. Out. And I think all the, I think everybody not named Ja will respond pretty well <laughs> early because Ja's not there. I And I think they got smart to like you said, be a culture raiser for the team. They got D-Rose to kind of be Ja's mentor, which is fine, but at the end of the day, mentorship is cool. What can you do for me on the court? And when things are good or when things are bad, how will John ja Morant respond to the new leader of the team, Marcus Smart? Like, like th- that's the key. Like I saw John ja on Twitter. He was loving on the D-Rose move. I didn't see him really loving on the Marcus Smart move. Exactly. And, 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 <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't really
1: see that. Because <laughs> Smart be, Smart's going to be the leader. Like, think about it, because there's going to be some lineups down the stretch where he's not even in the game. So, right. it's like, to me, it's like, if you, if you like, on the bench, like, if you're one of the old head, you do and you respected, you've been with the organization for years, it's different, right? But if you the new guy who just came in, you on the bench, I'm out here hooping, trying to get us a dub. It's a timeout. I come out, I'm um, hot, and you like, oh I'm like, bro, get your ass on the bench. Excuse <laughs> my, <laughs> my
0: phone. I cut you off. Nah, but it, it, it's valid. And so I he wasn't really hyping up the, the smart move, but Desmond Bade and Jaron were because mm-hmm. I think they're they're gonna be Marcus Smart type guys. Is John Morant gonna be a Marcus Smart guy? If he is, this works perfectly. If he isn't. It could potentially be a clash, and that's just the reality of the situation. But I have them fourth because of the shooting. I think um they got better. They got better as a team. The problem is uh they don't have a knockdown shooter on the wing and you need that in the playoffs because a playoff atmosphere is a half-court setting. And so teams are gonna pack the lane, you know, they're gonna still pack the lane, even though Marcus Smart's out there instead of Dylan Brooks. They still gonna do it. And even if Ja has two hands again, because he only had one hand, they still gonna do it. They're gonna pack the <laughs> lane. And can you make open jump shots? And that's why I think it's really key for Zaire, Laravia, or Rock. One of them has to at least step up if they're not gonna bring somebody else in and be a knockdown shooter. But you asked them a lot. All yeah. three of those guys are on rookie contracts. So, and they've
1: been performing like up to par.
0: Laravia's been all right, but Zaire. Zaire, I he, he was ghost this past year. Roddy, overachieved. Roddy, Roddy. But, he, but, but he's not like there. And and he's undersized. He's 6'4". Yeah. So it's it's tough. Um, I think with Adams back in the lineup, if they're healthy, they'll win a playoff series because I think they're going to be another team that I think they're the fourth best right now. But I think they're going to be a team. You know what Memphis... i kind of staying on Memphis a little bit long. We're going to pivot, though, soon. They're like... <laughs> they remind me of... And I I don't think they're as talented as Denver was coming up. But they remind me of the Nuggets, where it's like they're building something. But Denver, bro, it took like cats getting hurt and them coming up short a lot. You know, like I remember um, the year the Raptors won the championship. Denver had a game seven at home against the Portland Trailblazers. And I remember watching that game. They came out with no energy. And CJ McCollum sent them home. Damn, didn't even have a good game. (laughs) And then they go to the bubble next year. They rally from two three one deficits. They make the conference finals. And the Lakers gentlemen sweep them. And then the next two years, bro, Jamal Murray was out. He was hurt. And mm-hmm. they didn't win a championship until 2023. That bro, that core was together since 2019. It took them five years <laughs> five years to get there. And so And that's and was- that's that's with adding Aaron Gordon too. Aaron Gordon, they added KCP, they added Bruce Brown. And so for Memphis, man, it's going to be a continuous journey. And at the end of the day, I was talking about everybody. It comes down to John Moran, bro. He's got to be healthy. He's got to be available. He's got to be a professional. If all that happens, then they have a shot. If all that doesn't happen, we're back here talking about the Grizzlies coming up short yet again. So right out there, my fourth best team in the West. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year. They're our number one seed because I think they're a very good regular season team based upon the depth and they play hard. Um, but they have expectations now, and so you got to win. And I'm intrigued to see with these new moves how everything pans out. Now, which rebuilding team, Clem, in the NBA had a free agency you believe in? Um, obviously, I'm gonna I'm a name this team first, and then I'm gonna see what you have to say. I'd like. What the Indiana Pacers did bro They they retained Halliburton long term You add Bruce Brown Right two years 48 mil And then they made the trade I think before free agency Or during free agency for OB Toppin And so now they have a starting Lineup I'm assuming of Halliburton Bruce Brown Matherin, Toppin, Miles Turner And I know they got Jairus Walker You know the lottery pick off the bench Potentially as well I like what Nimhar Was able to show they kept uh, Buddy Hewitt. I think Buddy Hill at this point. I mean, stop mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. I think he's a second unit guy, but I think he's very good coming off the bench, lighting up as a floor spacer. This was a team that I remember at one point. I liked them over the heat when Halliburton was there and Halliburton got hurt and then they fell off the map. But they showed last season with a healthy Halliburton, they're a playoff caliber team. I think they got better as a roster overall. Um, are you believing the hype for Indy during their rebuilding process? When
1: you say hype, like what are you are you saying? Like you think they're gonna make the playoffs? You think gonna be a play in team? Like where do you kind of level set expectations?
0: Um, I could see the at worst play in at best playoff, like lower six, seventh, eight seed type team. I think they could they can attain that.
1: Okay. Um, I think a lot of it depends on Matthew's growth. I think if he grows into like a I don't know. He he I I think he has potential to be like a perennial all-star at best. I think he can make like a Tyrese Maxi-ish jump to where it's like, okay, I can see this guy being the third best player on the championship team. Um Yeah, I don't really see it. I'm not gonna hold you. I think <laughs> I think I think I think they'll be probably, they'll probably, they'll probably flirt with that. Eight nine C, but I think they'll probably finish ten. Uh, I think Orlando is probably going to make the plan next year over them.
0: Are are you um, are you
1: sure? Because I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But
0: right. Okay. Okay.
1: I feel more confident about them just because. Man, I man. think Paulo. I think Paulo's going to have a big second year. I think he's going to be an All Star next year. Like okay. I think he's going to. I think he's going to average like twenty four and eight and like right. four. I think Wagner's gonna uh Mo Wagner's gonna take um another step. Um I think folks another year like Fultz, is gonna yeah. take another step. Um and even Wendell Carter, like I, I like what they have constructed there. I think this might be the last year with before they move off of Jalen Suggs. But yeah. I like I like what they're building there. But they weren't even my team. Um Houston's my team, and it's not even because of uh, where I think they're going to end up in the West because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll be in a lottery again. But I think that this year is going to be the beginning of the turnaround for them.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: Eman Udoka, Fred Van Fleet, and Dylan Brooks, that light-skinned trio. <laughs> I think <laughs> – like I said, I don't think, obviously, Emei's not on the court, so he can't impact like yeah. directly. But I think the culture that's going to be built this next year is going to set them up for their playoff runs the mm-hmm. years after. Because I think is going to set a standard and be like, you have to play defense or you're not going to play. I think that's the push that Shengun needs. I think he can make plays on defense, but he's not a mm-hmm. good Defensive player as far as awareness, being in the right place at the right time. But he has, like, he's made some big blocks and plays uh, like that. Jabari Smith, he's already come in playing defense. I think he's going to get more touches and opportunities because he's going to be a guy who comes in playing defense from the jump. is going to love that. Fred's going to see that. Dylan's going to see that. They're going to be team Jabari. Dylan Brooks going to be the small forward. Not a great shooter, but he's gonna get in people's faces, and he's he's gonna be like what Marcus Smart wants to be for Memphis. And I know it's funny because like Marcus Smart is probably a better leader, but Dylan's not a Dylan. Like he'll talk crap to like the opposition, but I feel like he's never had issues with the people he plays with. Like they don't like that he talks crap to LeBron, but he's one of them guys. Like he's not gonna annoy you. Like in the locker room and stuff like that he's like i'm gonna be a pest on the floor and i'm gonna put my terrible words up on and go home like that's that's really it he's not gonna be in your face like doing them stuff but i think he will push those guys during training camp and preseason when they're in practices i think he's gonna get a lot of guys to the point where they get ready to fight and i think you need somebody who's gonna ruffle it up but it's not gonna be like oh this dude talking too much it's gonna be like this dude just he always on me, like he's shoving me a little bit harder than I'm used to. But those are the little things you need to create that type of culture. And I think Eme going to love that. Fred's going to love that. Again, Fred, Fred, what he does in the locker room, his ability to stretch the floor. And I think he's going to be a guy who can go to Jalen Green because he's a respected scorer in the league and be like, yo, pull it back a little bit. He's also a good defensive player, so he's going to be able to be like, look, I'm a six-foot guard. I'm making in this league because I'm a two-way player. You're 6'5", you're athletic. There's no reason why you shouldn't be doing the same, you know? So I think he's going to be able to pull Jalen Green in. When E-May Udoke is a little too hard on him and, you know, getting in, I'm like, bro, you're not going to be taking shots if you're not playing defense." And He and his Fifi's forever going to pull him side, Like, look, man, that's what he really needs. Yeah and get it right. So I think they're building these three guys are going to help build the culture. Once again, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think after this year, their mindset will change and they'll be like, okay, this is the type of behavior and culture and mentality we have to bring if we want to ever get back to the playoffs again. And I think the following year that will help Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Shango. Now, I not even talk about uh, Tari Eason. You sleep with my boy when I told you uh, he was going to be in the starting line he's already defensive ready like so i think he is. is gonna love him i think he's he gonna love him he's not as good uh his game is still a little raw needs to uh expand his shooting range but good defensive player six eight six nine i think he'll step in and be like their six seven man
0: yeah yeah um i like Tori Easton i just feel like a uh, starter and eh, asking a lot and obviously with Dylan Brooks in four years, a Easton's not starting, but he will be a right. factor for sure. Um, I like Houston with their building. I didn't have them on my rebuilding team to believe in right now, but I do think on NBA Twitter they're getting cooked. Um, and they're getting a bad rap <laughs> because I think a lot of guys are like, man, they overpaid for Van Vleet and Brooks. But it look, man, a lot of people getting overpaid this free agency, yeah. so I'm not gonna blame them. And obviously, I think it's the principle of the thing, Clum. Like we need vets. Cause look, right. Houston sucks. They're not a good team. So you got to overpay for them cats to come in. You need right. vets that have been from a winning culture. Van Vliet is an NBA champion. All right? He is. Okay? Dylan Brooks did not play well in the playoffs, but he comes from a winning program in Memphis. Those are guys that are going to be in your starting lineup. They've been in the league. They know what it takes. And they are Eme Udoka type players. And so mm-hmm. Udoka's like, look, I got – my three guys I like that I'm gonna have starting for us. That's Jalen Green, that's Jabari Smith, and that's Singoon. Those are my guys. I know I heard a rumor they tried to get Brook Lopez. He was like, nah, I'm gonna stay in Milwaukee. But Green, Smith, Sengoon, those are his guys. He was like, look, I can't, I can't go into this season playing five young cats mm-hmm. and coaching them with my style because how I am, I need a couple vets in the lineup that can relay my messages to them. Because yeah. if I go university of kentucky style and just play five rookie contract dudes and push the email you doka isms on them for 82 games they're gonna check out by mid-season and mm-hmm. they're gonna hate me so i need somebody that can like be the voice of reason through me and i'll be mm-hmm. dylan brooks and that'll be free Van Vliet. so that was smart and stuff they got jeff green you know they, jeff Green yeah, is another huge one. pickup mm-hmm. he's a pro he's a vet he's a tr- recent champion and he's going to be a great locker room guy kind of having these guys be professionals because look, the Rockets have been called the AAU Rockets for the past few years and <laughs> they, they haven't really been building anything. And so now you have pros, you have vets that are willing to kind of get these, give these young guys the tutelage they need to be successful. And I agree with you. I think there are a lot of yet. Again, I don't see playing. I don't see playoffs, but like you said, Clem, this year is about culture building for next season. Because once next season comes around, now you have an identity that you can go forward with, kind of like OKC had this past year. It was a culture-building year for them. They made the play-in, and now they're ready to take that next step this season. So um, while I didn't have Houston, I had Utah, and I like what Utah Mm -hmm. did before free agency, which was trading for John Collins. Um, I like their draft. I think, to me, they had an A-plus draft um, in getting Taylor Hendricks and getting um, Keandre George and getting Bryce Sensible. I think all three guys who look like they're all come off the bench, but they're all going to be rookies that give that second unit a boost. And then during free agency club, they re-signed Jordan Clarkson to a three-year deal. Um, My only issue with Utah is um, point guard. Because they've said that they want to get off of Colin Sexton, which is fine. I don't think Jordan Clarkson is a starting lead guard in the NBA. And mm-hmm. I said this online, and somebody was like, he started 61 games last year. And I looked, I'm like, oh, Jordan Clarkson started every game he played last year. But that doesn't count to me, because Utah was trying to tank, okay? They were not having really an incentive to win games. But I think That's now... Mean, not Collins, to the end of the year. You no, know, not, not to the end of the year, but I think... They were cool with Jordan Clarkson getting the shine as a lead guard because there was really no incentive to build this season. It was be competitive. Um, they have their front court of the future in Laurie, Collins, um, Kessler, and I like I like what he could potentially do as a two. They need a lead guard. They're going to move off of Sexton. I don't know who they can get for Sexton to kind of come in and be that lead guard for them. I heard Milwaukee's interested in Sexton. I've heard other teams are. So maybe if you could swap point guards, who knows? But – I like what Utah is building, man. They last year were a fringe playing team that checked out the final few weeks of the season because they wanted lottery picks. And I think now in a loaded West. I think the free agency they had, the offseason they've had, including the draft. To me, bro, they might be a playing team, like for real next year. I, I think if they stay healthy um, because if they're well coached. <laughs> all right Over, they brutal. have a young up and coming front I know you like the west is grueling I, we, and we get that it is but look man I've said it all the time playing hard in the regular season gets you 40 wins bro it gets you 40 wins it it's gets you 40 west, wins. it's <laughs> tough out it is tough out west but man. I like what their I like their core I like their young guys um a lot of guys that they had last year got run. Taylor Horton Tucker looked solid. They revitalized Chris Dunn's career. Clarkson, when he played, gave him solid minutes. Kelly O'Linnick is still Kelly Olinick but he gave him decent minutes. I, Man, look, man, I like Utah's offseason. Just, just, just let me see Summer League, all right? Let me see Summer League. Let me, let me see FIBA. Let me sit on it, and then I might be like, Utah might be 19th, the best team in the West, all right? I, I, Look, that's my, that's my, that's my Jazz agenda. I'm pushing it. a little Okay, all right. Uh, I think
1: OKC is the, the other team. I mean, they they made the play in uh, last year, so I don't know if you consider them a rebuilding team still. I do. All right. Um. But man, I'm just looking at the standards now. Like to me, the only, there's only three teams that I don't expect to. Like I would be surprised if they made the play of Portland because obviously about to trade Dane. Yeah. Houston, who we just talked about, I think they'll be third team, yeah. and in San Antonio, who also about to get Win Miyama, or got Win Miyama and who knows what what else they may get. Um, but I think those three teams are definitely going to be in the lottery again. Um, but Utah, Dallas didn't make it last year. They did. I don't think Utah's gonna make it this year, but I think Dallas will. But then that leaves like OKC, New Orleans, Minnesota, LA, yeah. Golden State, Clippers. Like, which one of them is not gonna make the playoffs? Because that's gonna be right. crazy if any one of them do not make the playoffs. Barring like a, uh, you know, league um, career not career ending season ending injury from one of their of uh, their best players. So, I think OKC man, Chet's coming back. He is. He's my sleeper for rookie of the year. Um, I'm really interested to see what the tandem, bro. Giddy, SGA, Jalen Williams. People mm-hmm. sleep on Jalen Williams, J Dub. They are, man. He's nice. Starsky, J-Dub. Uh, and, and um I ain't a big Poku guy, but I'm very interested to see what that looks like. And then Chet, bro. Chet is I really want to see what he's going to be like because I think he's like sneaky the X-factor to them getting to that next level because if he doesn't pan out I could see them making a slight move to try to get off of him to get somebody else but that Giddy Giddy Williams and SGA already is like it gives me like old OKC vibes with, with KD, Russ and Harden type Hard. like yeah. we'll see though
0: yeah, look, I didn't put OKC up there because I thought free agency was they didn't really do anything that crazy because they have their core. You know what I'm saying? I know they got um, I don't know his name, a guy from overseas. He's coming through, gave him a three year deal. He could shoot. And the, I think um, couple, from uh Euro yeah. league. Right. And I think that was my issue with the Thunder. It was like they needed shooting and they needed depth in the front court. And obviously Holgrim wasn't there this past year, so they had to play undersized small ball a lot. And I think with Holgram back, they're gonna be better. You know what I'm saying? I think Holgram is an NBA caliber talent. And they did have the shooting. Um, but like I stated before, they didn't really do anything crazy for me free agency wise to think that um, you know, that's something I have to believe in. But they they're gonna be, I think, a playoff team this year. They just are. Um, and like you said, SGA, Giddy, J Dub, it's giving KD Hard and Westbrook light. Um now in this new C B A. Can't keep them off, so they're going to yeah. have to make some tough decisions. Um, mm-hmm. I think Giddy might be the odd man out, unfortunately, because I think in due time, there's, go- there's going to be conversations about does him and, SGA's and game SGA slash, yeah. because they both need the ball to be productive. Yeah. And I think they got Kason Wallace recently as a backup plan, because I think they know Giddy's probably not going to be here long term. And they could potentially yeah. flip Giddy for something big, because I think by the time Giddy's contract is up, his stock is going to be so huge, mm-hmm. to where you could probably flip him for a better talent. But um, I, I love what OKC is building though, and I think they're going to be a tough team. Now you said at those LA teams, Pelicans, Timberwolves, somebody got to drop to make so the other team can make the playoffs. I would not be surprised if the Clippers or the Pelicans don't make the playoffs this year. Mm. Wouldn't because Kawhi and PG stay injured and i i'm 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 out, I'm out on zion bro like i i know they saying he's healthy but i'm like bro he's staying injured and i'm at a point now where all right let's say he is healthy i i don't think he i don't think him and ingram is a good fit it's a clunky fit i don't think that i don't think it works i don't so i think even when he's out there and available there's going to be struggle like i i know they're trying to overcompensate for by adding a ton of shooters got Jordan Hawkins in the lottery. So I think their mentality is, all right, we know we got these oversized wings that are slashers, kind of more productive. Ingram's productive in the mid-range. Zion's productive five to 10 feet away from the basket. We need shooting around them so they could thrive, you know, five to 10 feet away from the hoop. But, I mean, look, man, it it don't work to me. So that's, that's my concern there. My last team, bro, that I'm high on, because they're finally getting off of Damian Lillard, the Portland Trailblazers, man. Uh, Staden Sharp, Scoot Henderson, mm-hmm. has the potential yeah. to be the most athletic backcourt in league history in the yeah. next five years. <laughs> they got Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's brother. I think Chris mm-hmm. Murray might be a little bit better than Keegan off of what I've seen. Oh, so I think those okay. are three cornerstones that you're building with. Chauncey Billups, I felt like when Dame was not playing, you Connor kind of saw his full ability as a coach, so I'm intrigued to see how he's going to coach the young guys. Players are going to suck when they get rid of Willard. They're not going to be good for the next couple of years, but I like where they're headed because... Now, it did take Dame taking an initiative to be like, I'm done, because they were still going to try to compete, um, but now that Dame cut the <laughs> ties, now they can start... Re- right, compete. Now they can start truly rebuilding and position themselves to be a Western Conference factor, and I think... They have a brighter future than they ever did with Dame and CJ McCollum. I don't think that should be a crazy take. I really do because I think Scoot has all NBA potential. Now, I'm going to we'll do a sidebar. I did not appreciate that Cass was overrating Scoot to shade Brandon Miller. I thought that was corny. I thought that was not needed because they started talking about Brandon Miller like he was trash. And I like Scoot as much as the next guy. But I didn't feel like Brandon Miller was undeserving of being the second overall pick, which he was. I mean, Brandon Miller was the second. He was the best college freshman in the country. And we know historically, recent history in this century, if you're that, you're getting picked top five. So mm-hmm. I like I did, you know, but I think Scoot has all NBA potential. I shade on sharp when I saw him last year coming out. He reminded me of Anthony Edwards. Ask like I think he could be that type of player. That's your backcourt with the chris murray and whatever picks you have down the line now they got to do something with jerry and grant jeremy grant because they gave him that money and they ain't gonna be there so i would kind of try to move off of him if you can by the deadline and get something back but i like what portland's building your thoughts
1: yeah i really liked him too and i was very high on shark um last year as well so love the fact that he's gonna get a starting role um want to see what they can get for Anthony Simons because I don't think he's a guy that fits in that group. I think he's going to want to start, obviously, and average 20 points again if he stays. Um, So I think they're definitely going to move him, probably get a small forward or center. The sneaky Dame trade that I think would be really good for both sides um, is Dame for Carl Anthony Towns. I think that would give... Portland, they're like big for the future that they can use next to Scoot and um, and Shaden Sharp. And then it might convince Jeremy Grant to stay a little longer just because he is a little bit older than the rest of them. And I don't think they can move off of him right away because they did just sign him. Um, worried about the fit for Anthony Edwards playing with him, but I think that it could potentially work just because of Dane's mentality and his ability to stretch the floor, Anthony Everett's ability to tag the rim and that can open it up and then it changes up the whole college towns town Rudy Gobert situation. Um, but yeah. I just really want to see what they're going to do with Anthony Science because I don't, I'm, I'm not sure where exactly he would fit in the league, like what team I could see him going to. Part of me feels like Orlando, but I'm wondering what could they really get back? Maybe a Wendell Carter, and then they could slide um, or Jonathan Isaac, or maybe I don't know. Like, who are some more young guys in the league that they can they can move apart part for? But nevertheless, I think that Portland has a pretty bright future. I'm still I don't know. I think school was a little bit overrated, just a little bit. Like I was watching. Oh, I I agree. I agree. I I was watching. you know, I had Brendan Miller to go save second from the jump. You, did, you um, did, Especially just based off of fit, because just like we were talking about with uh, Giddy and SGA, the same thing was with Fox and, and uh, Halliburton. Yeah. Um, same thing, I think, is w- would happen with, like, LaMelo and Scoot if they would to play together. Like, right. both guys are good. You can play them together, but I think they're best if they're, have their own team and have the ball in their hands as point guards because that's their best position. Um but yeah man I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I just I want to see where Anthony Simon's gonna go and then see if Scoot is really as good because his his jump shot is not as good. So when guys learn to pack the paint against him, how right. is he going to like have the second mover uh develop his game further? Is he gonna be like a Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, John Moran? Where it's like they're so athletically gifted that they don't right. even need a secure jump shot because you just can't stay in front of them. Stay in front of and them, by the time correct. you get in front of them, they're either gonna jump over you or he maybe he has a floater. Like just from seeing his game, a lot of everything is happening around the basket. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because I saw I, I I'm big on Amir Thompson. Like yeah. I love the Fred Van Fleet move, but I really wanted to see him. Do his thing, um, but to me, he's a bigger, a uh, taller. Let me not say bigger, taller version. He can do everything that Scoot can do. I think he has a little bit of a better jump shot um, right. and a little bit of a better passer. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what's popping in Portland. I'm happy for Chauncey though.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with Chauncey indeed. And I'm gonna piggyback on that Scoot take. Um, you're right. Uh, he he started to get overrated. Um, and for me it reached overrated status when individuals were like, you know, in any other draft this decade, Scoot would have went first. <clears throat> I'm yeah. like, over Anthony Edwards? <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I mean, and, and that was a draft where I had LaMelo Ball going first. So uh, over LaMelo Ball? No. Um, like, like, no. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, and look, John Morant. D. Rose, Westbrook, those are all athletic guards that had success. I think what people sleep on is Derek Rose had a money mid-range and mm-hmm. was a freak athlete. Yeah. Westbrook came into the league a defensive pest with freak mm-hmm. athleticism, and he had to learn everything else offensively on the fly. John ja Morant to this day, I think is one of the top 10 most gifted playmakers in the game. Yeah. Scoot Henderson is an okay playmaker. He's Mm -hmm. a good athlete. Mm -hmm. He's a horrible jump shooter. And so, like, can he work on all those things? Yes, of course he can. But to say he's a generational talent, I can't I can't. He's just too raw. He's too raw. And you brought up Amin Thompson. I feel like he has the highest upside off of everybody. And you said, you know, comparing him to Scoot, I think he's more athletic than Scoot. I think he finishes around the basket better than Scoot.
1: Better, They yeah. both
0: can't shoot particularly well, but I think Thompson gives you more both ways defensively mm-hmm, as a mm-hmm. playmaker. I think to me, when I look at the play reminds me of a more athletic, which is crazy, Andre Iguodala and that stuff yeah. translate in the league, like Iguodala yeah. with Philly, Denver and golden state started on the wing and was a championship caliber centerpiece. So Look, man, um, hope it works out for Scoot. I do like what the Blazers are building. I think their upside is there, but he did kind of start to get a little bit overrated, I'll say the least. So, got to wrap this up a little bit because my computer's finna die. It's on 4%. But (laughs) playing teams we think can have success, you want to touch base on New Orleans. So, let's let's do that right quick. Chicago, Toronto, and the Pels, they're all going to run it back after losing in the play-in this year. Um, Which team out of those three you have the most faith in? And which team do you feel like makes the most sense when it comes to running it back? I think this is pretty easy. So I'm, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you uh answer it.
1: I think it's pretty easy. I'm a little disappointed that you even have one of these teams on this list. It's very disrespectful, Kimberly. All right, let me just start by saying that. Um let me start with the Bulls. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time they blow it up. Yeah. I think it's time to blow it up. I, they just—they're stuck in a in a very mediocre spot. And I like Zach Levine. I just don't think he can be the number one player on a winning team. Like, um, I think they maxed out their potential two years ago when they got to the to the eight <laughs> <AC>. seed <laughs> or uh, was it the I don't know eight or seven seed when they played one. Yeah. But they're just at a point where like. The guys they have are not good enough. They need to be more complimentary pieces on winning teams than be like the stars on that team. So I hope that James Harden gets to um to the Bulls and either Levine or the Rose and one of them goes plays with with um MB. Hopefully it's Levine. Um so it was out all next year. They just re-signed Kobe White. Don't think he's a starting point guard in this league. Um, Patrick Williams. Man, I was big on him. Had a lot of faith. It's not pinning out. He's not the claw junior. okay? I can't remember what they used to call him, but it was a playoff off the clock.
0: Booch, yeah, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Three-signed him. I think they were just backed into the wall, and it was like, we gave up too much for him. We can't just let him go, so gotta keep him. But He's getting older. He's been the same guy for, like, the last, I don't know, three years or so, declining there. And DeRozan, like, DeRozan has – he's kind of been, like, the same player for a long time, which is surprising. I thought his game would decline a little bit. But um, happy to see that he's still, progress, uh, like, staying in the same boat. But one of these years, like, he's going to start declining, and I just – I don't want it to be with my franchise if I'm the Bulls. Second, let's go to the Raptors. Siakam um, already said he wanted out. He's, he's not going to resign once his contract's up. So I think it's best to trade him sooner rather than later. And then Scotty Barnes. There was this whole thing all last year about him being cocky and not having work ethic. So to me, that's a huge red flag, just a guy like that who you want to center your team around being and acting like that. The pals, as I said should not be on this list. Okay. They were the number two team in the West before Zion and I got hurt. I don't think Happens then, I think then you can make a move and say, "Hey, I'm either going to trade Zion, or I'm trade Di, whatever the case may be." I would stick with Zion, but the Pels, man, they they have to keep their group together and give this a shot. But I think this is do or die with everything that's happened with uh, Mariah and Zion and all the other girls. Like he got to show up big and not only play a majority of the season, but Stay healthy and stay out of the media mix. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Pels by far is 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 the best out of these three, and I think they'll be in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think they're the best out of those three as well. Um, and it makes the most sense to keep the keep the team together. I look with Zion. It's simple. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to be available. And right now he's not, you know. We look kind of know what happened on Twitter, you got leaked to the world. And look, man, this is all I'm gonna say. If you won't be Magic Johnson off the court, you gotta <laughs> be Magic Johnson on the court, bro. And he's not because he's not available. And that, that's been Zion's career in a nutshell. Listen, Clem, I was team Zion. We was on the boat together. Same thing early on when he got drafted. I, I was like next LeBron, he, he could be the goal. And He couldn't stay healthy, and I jumped off that ship quick because I I saw (laughs) where I was heading. And right now, I look right, and to be honest, Clum, I don't want to be right, bro, because I'm from the world that I want the Pels to do well. But at the end of the day, he's got to be available for them to be successful. This is it for him. This is it. If it doesn't work this year, they're gonna trade him. And mm-hmm. I think the world is going to regret trading him this season because I think if it fails again, his stock is going to be Ben Simmons like low, and you're probably <laughs> not going to. Oh, that's that's really low, but it's going to yeah, come on low. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's 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 bad. <laughs> Somebody going to take him. It's going to be low in the standpoint of you're not going to get what you probably could if he was like mm-hmm. a this Toronto superstar that wanted out like a Dane. So that's what it is. There, Toronto. You said Siakam said he wants to leave. I've heard he wants to stay. But all I know is Masai Ujiri has basically let everybody know that Nick Nurse was the problem. And I don't (laughs) want to rebuild. I just want to get my guy in there to help us be competitive in the East. And I think the worst thing that happened to teams like Toronto, teams like Chicago, is the Miami Heat were an eight seed, club and they made the NBA finals. Yeah. So that makes a lot of lower-seeded teams like Brooklyn, Miami, Toronto, Chicago feel – well, not Miami. But Chicago feel like, oh, well, you know, that could be us. No, it can't. because You don't have Spolstra. You don't have Jim Butler. (laughs) That's it. Like, you don't have those two guys. You don't. And so Chicago, I get it because I was talking about it to my dad. I understand because I've lived in Chicago for a couple years. They love their Bulls. It's a big market city. Fans show up when they're trash. And I think Chicago's organization remembers the post D Rose era, the post Tibbs era, the post Jimmy era. They sucked. And I don't think they want to go back to that again. So they're cool with keeping Levine on a max deal, keeping the Rose in as long as possible. Bro, they extended Vucevic. I remember the play in. Drummond outplayed Vooch. If Drummond doesn't leave the floor, Miami ain't in the finals. So, like they brought back, they brought back Drummond. They say, so, you know, we're going to let Pat Bev go, who I thought put them in position to be a playing team. Yeah, and replacing That's him good. with Javon Carter, who is a younger Patrick Beverly, I think, better offensively, but he's not Beverly on defense, yeah. and he's not Beverly in the locker room. And then they want the trade exception, no injury exception, ten point four mil because Lonzo's still hurt. So Chicago is basically saying, look, we're trying to stay competitive, but I get it. All right. It's Chicago. Um, you're a legacy franchise. You got to stay relevant to help put fans in the seat. Okay. To make the product look competitive. Um, Toronto, though, to Clem, I don't get it. I don't because you're Toronto. You know, I, I, your fan base will understand that you're rebuilding. <laughs> I think I think they were a little delusional because they won a championship in 2019, Right. Then the pandemic happened and they were pandemic happened. So the bubble, right? They were very competitive. They lost to Boston in seven games, had a great chance to win. So I think the next year they were like, okay, um, we could probably, you know, be competitive again. They were displaced to Tampa. They were booed in all their home games and they sucked and they got a lottery pick that year. So I think the fan base thought, okay, cool. We fell off because of the pandemic. We're right back in it with Scotty Barnes. You get Scotty Barnes, he wins rookie of the year. You're back in the playoff. You're losing six to the Sixers first round. So this past year, they thought with Scotty Barnes taking a projected next step, they'd at least win a playoff series. They didn't make the postseason. And so now that made Nurse expendable. And I think that made the fan base realize, dang, we're really mid. And so they're very comfortable with rebuilding. But Masai doesn't think they're mid. He wants to keep OG. Don't want to trade him. He wants to trade him for eight picks. All right. They signed Gary. Gary Trent somehow opted in. They're going to extend him. They gave Yaka Porter four years, $80 million. And then word on the street is Siakam's letting people know that he don't want to leave Toronto. So, like, I don't know what Masai is telling the players or what, but he thinks, oh, we can still win in the East. And you can't. You can't you can't beat Boston and you can't beat Milwaukee. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. And uh, yeah, Toronto, I think during the regular season, won the season series and gets the Miami Heat three games to one. Do I trust the Raptors to beat the Heat in the playoffs? No. I don't. So that's, that's just the cold reality. And man. all their best
1: players play the same position. Like, I think I don't know we, um, Barnes and Siakam are all best at like the four um, OG maybe at the three but like if OG's playing the two you don't got enough shooting Barnes obviously is not gonna play the two like it's just it's just so clunky and I heard that Siakam maybe it was because I, I heard him and the Nurse didn't get along so yeah maybe that's why at the time he was saying he wanted he didn't want to be there but the last I heard of Siakamu he was saying he didn't want to stay in Toronto, but maybe it was because the nurse nurse is going down. But I just don't see where they're going from here. Um, because especially like I was talking about Scotty Barnes, um, him and Daddy's Young got into it like in the pregame of like I can't remember who they were playing, but it was like midseason. They were like getting into it to the point where they had to pull Daddy's Young back. And basically I came out, Frederick and Fleet has said a few things too, like in some podcasts about, you know. Scotty Barnes, like, one rookie of the year, and he was just, like, showing up to everything on his time and just, like, they were babying him in organization. So, like, it pretty much soured things with the vets. So um, anxious to see how he progresses because he didn't really take a step forward as a sophomore. Um, I mean, kind of say the same about a lot of that draft, like, with – Cade was out all year, yeah, I and then even um, Mobley was just Hayley. like a little like yeah, they they yeah. they got better as a team, but like I don't feel yeah. like he's any closer to getting to that you know player that we think he's gonna be. Right. And then you should talk about with Jalen like scoring, he's gotten better, but team sucks. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But I I think I think the Pels definitely are way better than all these guys and Raptors and Bulls. It is what it is, man, you know, it's, I think it's time for them to blow it up. But
0: Yeah, I think it is, me. but we shall see. But um, great to be back on the pod, episode 16, yeah. and to with my guy, Clement Gibson. To the listeners, pod, My I probably won't be back for another week or so. I'm making a move to Memphis, Um, accepted a job with the Daily Memphian. I'll be a full-time guys, congratulations to me. Um, but the yeah. pod still gonna go, bro. We're still gonna have NBA insight. Um, probably gonna you know NFL season rolling around. We'll probably get some NFL guests back on because uh I'm free Friday and Saturday, so Clem probably moving forward. This will probably be a Saturday pod for sure. Um, so make All that right. preparation for that. But um, great to talk basketball with well, my guy Clement. Always great to be back with um everybody. Great, hopefully everybody's listening. Um, hey man, we'll see you guys soon. Um, can't wait to check out the summer league. That should be very good. Without further ado, peace out. Later. Peace.